Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of this Lightning Insider Podcast. I am your host, Eric Erlinson. From lightninginsider.com, as always, I appreciate those who download and listen. And we have a Thanksgiving edition of the show. Hopefully, you have an opportunity to kind of sit back, relax, and what has been a very, very unusual and, uh, in a lot of ways, stressful year for many of us. Uh, watching the Lightning probably helped a little bit for at least a couple of months uh, for for Lightning fans and and fans here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, but we are at Thanksgiving, and uh, we have an opportunity to sort of reflect on what 2020 has meant to so many of us. And it's, uh, if there's any time to be thankful and to think about what we are thankful for, uh, Thanksgiving 2020 certainly has to be right up there. So I hope this finds everybody well and healthy and an opportunity to spend some time with family and friends apart, if you will, as we all try and get through this situation. Uh, But we have this podcast today because the Tampa Bay Lightning made some news. It's been very quiet on the Lightning front for uh, a number of weeks now, really, since uh, the draft and free agency and everything else. It's, uh, It's been sort of the Tyler Johnson watch, if you will, in terms of what the Lightning are trying to do to alleviate cap space and at the same time re-sign their key restricted free agents, Mikhail Sergachev, Anthony Sorelli, and Eric Chernak. And uh, today we have news that Mikhail Sergachev is under contract for three years at a very uh, salary cap hit of $4.8 million, which is a pretty team-friendly number uh, under the circumstances. Uh, We'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, We will take some of your questions as well. We'll talk a little bit about what the NHL season might look like. We discussed it a little bit in the last uh, podcast a couple weeks ago in regards to what we feel it might look like, what it could look like. Uh, A couple weeks later, we still don't have any sort of an answer, a definitive answer on that front. But we'll we'll get into that uh, a little bit. Um, And before we get into the Sergeyev conversation, uh, if you've noticed, I've been a little quiet for the past couple of weeks uh, with the the team and everything. And there's a good reason for that. If you listened to the last podcast, you know I've been doing some stuff around the house. And uh, we are... Uh, knee deep, waist deep, in some aspects, neck deep 
in everything that we're doing, um, you know, we've been in our house now for 20 years and um, repainted the outside for just the second time. It's probably been about 15 years since the outside of the house was repainted, so we took care of that. Uh, inside the house, uh, we have shifted from outside improvements to inside improvements, and we have painted a good portion of the interior of the house. Um, the four bedrooms, three of the four bedrooms, we repainted our living room and our great room, if you will, the area that's in the front of the house, uh, was also repainted, uh, which means in the last year, because I repainted both the bathrooms and the kitchen last summer, so we've taken care of all that. And now for the first time since we moved into the house, we are doing some renovations inside with uh, flooring. We're getting new flooring in as well, uh, and it's been quite the task, if you will. The painting, we took care of all the painting ourselves. Myself and my dad did most of the painting. My wife did some of it as well. Our kids pitched in with moving stuff around, uh, but me and my dad took care of almost the entire uh, painting part of the project. And, you know, my dad, 81 years old, he used to have his own painting business. It certainly helps to have that, but he's been great in helping me get a lot of this stuff done. It uh, certainly helps to have his expertise uh, and his ability to do some of the things that he's done. So uh, we've been taking doing that, and then the carpet's being replaced. And let me tell you, getting the carpet replaced, it's, it's, it's a task in and of itself. We, if you want to imagine, if anybody has ever moved in their life, and there's plenty of people who have moved, like I said, we've actually been fortunate. We've been in the same house now for 20 years. But if you've ever moved, and it's been a long time since I've done this, but essentially what we're doing is moving without leaving the house, except we can't pack the furniture into a truck on a U-Haul and move on to the next destination. Everything has to be packed up or put away uh, for the for the floors to be taken care of, with the exception of some of the big furniture, which we'll all have to move and find places for it to go when the uh, installers come. Uh, but it has been a much bigger task, as a lot of these things tend to be, than I would have imagined when we took it on. And, and I know uh, I've probably stressed out my wife more than... She would like to be stressed out because we're trying to condense all this in in a pretty short period of time just because it's this is a rare window for somebody who follows and covers the NHL like I do. It's a rare break in a schedule that for obvious reasons we don't normally get. So I'm just trying to take advantage of all of that before we get to hockey. Don't know when that's going to be. It's it's on the horizon. You can't quite see where it's going to start rising above and give us something to kind of latch on to in terms of a date, in terms of a season and what it might look like. But this this is why I'm trying to condense all this in into a, a relatively short period of time. So if you've wondered why Eric has been quiet on the Twitterverse, if you wonder why Eric has been quiet on his website, if you wonder why Eric has been quiet on the podcast area, this is why it's, it's, uh, it, I've taken a lot of it on upon myself uh, to try and get most of this done. Obviously my, my dad, I told you has been a big help. My wife is, is working. She's a teacher. Uh, so, uh, tried to get what I could done, you know, when she's 
not around and when she's at uh, at school uh, to try and take on a lot of this stuff. So it's been a monumental task, and uh, I think we can see a finish line. Uh, and it's it's crap going through it at the time, but there's going to be a payoff on the other side. So that's why it's been quiet uh, on my front here for the past uh, couple of weeks, which will continue maybe for another week or so. Maybe by the first part of December we'll have everything finally done with uh, the exception of the uh, kitchen flooring. Uh, That's the last thing that will be done, uh, which is on the grand scheme of things, it's a much smaller project to finish off. So that's the reason that it's been kind of quiet on my frontier for the last little while. But uh, that will change here soon enough, and we'll get into what the NHL schedule may or may not look like when we get there and, and kind of what's the hold up is it continues to look more and more like January 1st is a difficult date for the NHL to hit, but we'll get into that. Uh, let's get straight into now the Mikhail Sergachev situation. As I mentioned, a three-year contract extension. Uh, he was a restricted free agent. He, uh, his contract is going to carry a cap hit of $4.8 million. Um, mentioned it's a team-friendly deal. This is a team-friendly deal. This is a player coming out of his entry-level contract who could have made, if you want to do comparables, and sometimes it's difficult to do some comparables, but if you want to look at comparables, um, he's probably in the $6.5 million range coming out of his entry-level deal. It is... It's it's exactly what it is. He is a defenseman going into his fourth year. And I'm not making this comparison, but I'm going to tell you something that, that I see. He's he's not better than Victor Hedman. I, and I, I don't think he will be Victor Hedman because that's a very high bar for any player to reach. But I think he's further ahead in what type of a player he's going to be that Victor Hedman was coming out of his entry-level contract. Like, we saw glimpses of Victor. We saw what he could do. Uh, he really started to kind of come into his own and, and at both ends of the ice. I, I think that Mikhail Sergachev is ahead of that curve. Uh, I don't think he's going to reach the Victor Hedman ceiling, but he's going to be a tremendous defenseman in this league, and I, and I think that... Um, you know, where he's at after year three in the NHL. And look, it's helped. He was uh, brought along, I think, probably the right way in many instances. Didn't see a lot of defensive zone draws his rookie year. If you want to call them sheltered minutes, they were probably some sheltered minutes as they, you know, you kind of give young players a a look, uh, give them, put them in situations to where they can succeed, see how they handle it, and then maybe give them a little more, see how they handle it, give them a little bit more, see how they handle it. If you feel you need to rein it back in, you rein it back in. And now you start to see the progression of what that's done for Mikhail Sergachev and the type of player that he is and how he blossomed this year. Uh, and he was the big key restricted free agent for Tampa Bay to sign. Yeah, I know Anthony Sorelli. He still has to be signed as well. But if you're going to put a, if you're going to rank him, I think the 22 year old defenseman probably ranks a little bit higher. Just a tad on the Richter scale, if you will, than Anthony Sorelli, and that—that that is 
please don't take that as a knock. I'm not saying that Mikhail Sergachev is more important of a player than Anthony Sorelli. I'm not suggesting that in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying that if you're, if you're looking to get a player signed, the defenseman's probably the more important one just because of the position that he plays and um, the ice time that Sergachev has started to take on, the 20-plus minutes. We saw a lot of growth from him this year, especially in the second half of the season and then in the playoffs when the league returned to uh, Toronto Edmonton for the bubbles to, to put on put on the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's done. It's out of the way. It's something that I know a lot of people have been stressing about. The supposed threat of the offer sheets were out there. Weren't going to happen. I know I, you know, you even start to see some outlets saying, how come nobody has offer sheeted Mikhail Sergachev yet? How come the Canadians haven't offer sheeted Mikhail Sergachev? Why don't the Bruins offer sheet Mikhail Sergachev? How, how can somebody not offer sheet I mean, look, the offer sheets I've set up before are difficult in a non-COVID world. They're difficult to pull off. They're even more so with the uncertain financial landscape and the type of contract that it would take to sign a player to that offer sheet and then to be able to get the player away from the team, in this case, trying to pry Sergachev away from Tampa Bay with an offer sheet. The type of financial commitment it was going to take a, a lot of teams are already up against the cap because of the flat cap situation. It's not going up. Yes, you could have taken advantage of Tampa Bay's situation with the flat cap probably hurting them as much as any team in the league. But it wasn't going to happen. It just was not going to happen. Uh, but it is one, I guess, a sense of relief, if you will, especially if you're a Lightning fan who was a little concerned about that happening. It's now done. It's now completed. You've got Mikhail Sergachev for three years. Very similar, and we've seen this now with some young players coming out of their entry-level contract. The structure of the deal, and this is according to Pierre Lebrun, the first year of the contract is $2.4 million. The second year of the contract is $4.8 million. And the value of the third year, the actual dollars in year three, is $7.2 million. So you can see that escalating. We saw this with a Braden Point. Braden Point, the last year of his deal is $9.5 million. Uh, with um, Sergachev, it jumps up to $7.2 million. So it actually doubles from year one to year two. It uh, doesn't quite double from two to three, but that's a significant jump going from $4.8 million to $7.2 million in year number three. Now, this is interesting, and I don't quite have the exact answer for this yet, but if you follow Puckpedia, uh, Puckpedia.com, they have Sergachev, you know, a, a lot of these heavy... Uh, back-ended deals for players coming out of their contract is because of the qualifying offer. So with Braden Point, the last year of the deal at 9.5, that should be his QO, his qualifying offer. Well, according to Puckpedia, uh, Mikhail Sergachev's qualifying offer at the end of this deal is going to be $5.76 million. Uh, not necessarily the 72 which we would have expected with this contract. Um, so it's very interesting that it's not quite as high in terms of what the qualifying offer has to be. Um, 
But either way, uh, Mikhail Sergachev now under contract for three more years. Big question about whether he's going to play the left or the right or what that situation might look like. Um, but that's something to be t- determined once we get to a training camp uh, and get uh, closer to the season. But I want to play for you right now. This is uh, from Julian Brisebois, who held a brief media conference call with a couple of us uh, shortly after the contract was signed. Uh, this was a question I asked him about having Mikhail Sergachev contract done, finished, off the list of things to do during this offseason, and he kind of gave a little bit of a hint as well into uh, some other issues that we have discussed uh, on more than a few occasions. So again, this is um, Julian Breezebois' answer to my question when he spoke to the media shortly after Sergeyev's contract was signed. Uh, well, I, I, our ongoing dialogue with uh, Misha was good from the start, so uh, I knew we could uh, get a deal done, and I appreciate the uh, his patience, as well as uh, you know, uh, the patience of Anthony Sorelli and Eric Cernak. We've been working hard at uh, trying to free up some cap space. Um, but in the meantime, at this point, we, we had the space to uh, get uh, Misha signed, uh, and we were able to quickly agree on a deal, and we did that. So uh, the, the main takeaway here is that like Mikhail's a really good young defenseman. Like he's a really good young two-way defenseman uh, who's got size and he, he's got skill and he can skate. Uh, he's got all the tools and it really came together for him, uh, especially in the second half of the year uh, th- this past season. Uh, and knowing that we have him under contract for the next three seasons and knowing that he will continue to get better. Uh, he's so young, uh, especially for a defenseman. That that's that's great news for our organization. Really, that's that's the takeaway for me today uh, is knowing that uh, Mikhail is going to be uh, playing for us for the for the next three years at least, and probably beyond that. Uh, we would fully expect that uh, if things go uh, as they've gone uh, with others in the past, eventually we'll sign him to an extension after this contract. But just having this one done is is great news for us. And. Again, I, I've been so impressed uh, with his, uh, his play and his progression uh, coming into the league as a 19-year-old uh, and playing as big a role as he did on our team that year, having three seasons under his belt uh, in the NHL already, uh, three full seasons. Uh, I, I just think that's, that's so impressive and there's value in there for us. And knowing that he's only scratching the surface of what I think he's going to end up being uh, once he's a fully mature defenseman uh, is exciting. And uh, I look forward to seeing that continued development. So that, again, was Lightning General Manager Julian Brisebois talking about the contract with Mikhail Sergachev, what it means for the team, what it means for him, what he means to the team, Sergachev means to the team everything else. But very interesting there to hear Julian talk about the patience of Anthony Sorelli and Eric Chernak. Um, Talked about the uh, understanding of what the team is up against. And and here's the interesting, uh, one of the interesting parts about this. Um, So this deal puts Tampa Bay roughly $1.9 million over the salary cap. I'll say it again. $1.9 million over the salary cap. 
you can be 10% over the $81.5 million cap hit during the offseason. You don't have to be compliant with the cap until the first official rosters are due to the league right before the season starts. We don't know the start date yet. So there's a, it's not unlimited, but there's a uh, wide open window here for Julian to try and still get some of these deals done if he can, even though it's going to put them into a salary cap situation. We already know they're in a salary cap situation. This just makes it official because you still have a Sorelli to sign. You still have a Chernak to sign. Uh, I did ask Julian a little bit later in this conversation about things being stagnant right now because we haven't seen a lot of movement. We haven't seen a lot of signings of players. We certainly haven't really seen any trades of any sort really since just after free agency began. We know the Lightning have to alleviate cap space. We know that Julian Brisebois has approached Tyler Johnson and his camp about a trade. So I asked him, you know, how, why are things so stagnant or what challenges are there with things being so stagnant right now? And his answer was, well, I don't think they're stagnant because I'm working on this stuff every day. So just because we haven't seen or heard or read any news about what's going on behind the scenes doesn't mean there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And that reveals it right there. He basically said he's been working on this stuff quite a bit, trying to put together his roster for next year, put together you know, the right roster for next year, understanding that he has to be cap compliant by the before the start of the season. So even though it hasn't happened yet, we know it's going to. I, I'm still of the belief that because we don't have a training camp start date, we don't have a season start date yet, that... That's what's slowing everything down. I think once there's a target date, once everybody understands where things sit from a, a timeline circumstance, that's when we'll start to see maybe a little bit more movement as you know, there's so much attention on what's going on in the world that it's trying to get ready for the hockey season isn't it's a priority, but it's not a main focus right now, I guess, for a lot of teams because, you know, a lot of teams are not, uh, without knowing what is happening with the season, with the league and everything else, it's kind of hard to really plan things out. So I still believe once we have a date, you'll start to see some of these, these things shake loose a little bit. Uh, and speaking of a date, we know that the NHL and the NHLPA have been holding discussions about returning to play and setting up what the 2020-2021 season is going to look like. We speculated on some of that a couple of weeks ago. Well, now we know that the owners have gone to the players and the Players Association asking for some more financial uh, situations be alleviated or to be deferred. Uh, we know that when the return to play and the new CBA was negotiated on in July to get the playoffs back, it, it was an unprecedented situation of labor peace, if you will, 
for both sides to be able to hammer out a new collective bargaining agreement before the threat of a lockout could even take place. And obviously we're under different circumstances, different times, uh, everything that uh, is taking place in the world, we know it's a different look and a different feel. Um, So once all that kind of gets figured out and determined, uh, I I think we'll have, um, you know, the, while the players uh, in the CBA gave back their final checks towards escrow because they knew they were going to have to give it back anyway, they conceded that 20% of this year's paycheck will be given to escrow because of the shortfalls in revenue. And they also deferred another 10% to be paid back over time. And now the league is asking for an additional 13% deferment, again, to be paid back over time. So you can start to see the financial impact that it could have on the players. And that's why the the owners are asking for this concession uh, under these unusual circumstances because, you know, I've been told and I've read that there are some teams who will actually lose less money by not playing. And that's not an empty threat. That's that's a fact for some teams, you know, probably don't have to look much further than, say, Arizona, maybe not much further than a Florida, um, as some of those markets that might be in that sort of a situation. Uh, but regardless... That's where things currently sit as we record this right now between the NHL and the NHLPA. Once that hurdle is overcome, and I think it will be overcome, um, I I think at some point the players are probably going to have to end up giving back a little bit more uh, just because, you know, when this was negotiated in July, I think there was an understanding that or a thought process that maybe we might be clear of some of this in the world by the time we got to thinking about the 2021 season, uh, obviously it hasn't. And I think that's kind of changed the dynamics of things a little bit. Um, you know, look, this is not, this is not a threat of there won't be a season. Again, there's too much at stake for the league to say, no, we have to cancel the season due to health situations, due to the COVID situation. It's not going to happen. This is also the last year of their TV contract with NBC. So there's a new negotiation for a new deal that has to be done. Uh, This was supposed to be a much more lucrative deal from a financial standpoint for the league on a national contract um, than any other deals that they've had in the United States uh, in particular. Uh, So that is all at stake. So when you start to see that picture, you understand there will be a season. We just don't know when it's going to start yet. We don't know how it's going to look. We don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, We don't know any of that. Um, We just know it's going to be different. I I think we can kind of toss out the idea of these hub cities, which had been discussed, maybe bringing in teams together, playing some games in a couple of weeks, go back for a week, and then meet in a new hub city. I think that has kind of gone out the window, uh, mainly because of – the revenues and the marketing agreements that these teams have for their buildings, like like dashboard ads and on ice ads and, and those type of things, you would lose some of that revenue if you weren't playing in your own building. So I think we can kind of push that aside. Uh, I've been asked a couple of times. Uh, we know that Tampa Bay is now we the South as the Toronto Raptors 
will begin their training camp here on December the 1st at St. Leo University. They will actually start their season playing home games at Amelie Arena. That, I don't think, factors into the hub city idea because Tampa had been mentioned as a potential hub city if the league went to that. I don't think that this affected that whatsoever. Um, I still think that uh, that could have been done you know, the Raptors playing games at Amelie Arena and the Lightning being a quote-unquote hub city, that could have still worked out, uh, you know, logistic-wise. Um, so uh, I, it's just now, now how are things going to feel? How are they going to look? Um, we don't know. We don't know. It, it's it's continuing to look more and more like January 1st is a difficult date to hit. We've also heard recently of Vegas having at least four players test positive for COVID-19 during uh, some of these uh, pre-camp workouts that we're used to seeing, captain's workouts as they're sometimes called. Uh, we know that Columbus Blue Jackets also had uh, a handful of players and staff uh, test positive for COVID-19 during their workouts in Columbus. Um, those are the only two known at this point in time. Uh, that doesn't mean things are shut down, but as we've seen the virus start to rise in numbers across the country again, it's kind of put a probably a pause on this too, that again, if the league pushes things back again from that January 1st date, it's not the, the worst thing that can happen. It gives them more time to see if things uh, can kind of, you know, be brought under a little bit more control than we're seeing right now. Um, but, but if, because if you were going to start on January 1st, you know, Thanksgiving is November the 26th. If you're going to have training camps open to be ready for a January 1st, you're talking about the non-playoff teams, which are supposed to have an extended training camp compared to the other teams. Those would have to start right around the beginning of December. It's just just like two weeks away. So you can start to see the logistics and that window of opportunity. If it's not already closed, it's awful close to being closed. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. So I don't know that we can imagine January 1st being an actual date that they can start the NHL season. You probably have to push it back at least a couple of weeks. You still have to come with this agreement in place. Uh, so that's where we stand. We did see, we had mentioned in the in the last podcast about what a potential division for Tampa Bay might look like. Uh, we do know that the all-Canadian division certainly seems to be uh, almost a definite thing at this point because the restrictions between or the, the border restrictions that Canada has in terms of anybody that comes into the country, uh, only essential travel uh, has to be brought into the country, um, that anybody that comes in would have to be quarantined for 14 days. So you can see the issues that the border situation would have in regards to the NHL. So this all seven Canadian team division is almost a certainty to happen. We had mentioned that before. Uh, They can just kind of play each other all along 
the season, whatever it might look like. You know, you could have a Montreal or an Ottawa go out west and, you know, play the, the Winnipegs and Vancouver's and Calgary's and Edmonton's out there for a short stretch and then go back the other way. Um, you know, so that looks to be almost a certain situation. Uh, again, nobody's come out and said that, but that was a uh, report from uh, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski as to what the um, playoff format, the playoff or the divisions might line up uh, looking into. And, and this was the interesting, okay, because so you have your Canada division, you have your East division, you have your Central division, and you have a West division. The West is pretty easy to determine, right? Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, L.A., Minnesota, San Jose, and Vegas, all Western-based U.S. teams. Um, Dallas is the only one of those uh, in the central time zone. Minnesota is actually in the central time zone as well. Uh, everybody else is in the mountain or Pacific time zone. This I don't I don't quite get this division because this is what it, what the Lightning division would look like: Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh. St. Louis and Tampa Bay. I, I guess if you're cutting the country off in sections, maybe this is where it makes sense. Uh, but I, I find it hard to believe on on two levels here what these divisions look like because this this would leave the other division, which you know let's call them the East, would be Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, and Washington. Okay, those are basically those are all coastal cities, right? with the exception of Florida, they're all pretty much on the uh, Atlantic coast. So I guess if you're sectioning off, but you're going to tell me that they're going to keep Pittsburgh and Philadelphia not in the same division, Pittsburgh and Washington not in the same division. I understand Pittsburgh is in western Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania, but Carolina is a much closer opponent course it is under the real divisions too but a much closer opponent than Pittsburgh is for you know a lot of these teams and you know Columbus obviously is probably a little bit closer uh you know there but but Nashville is closer for them to get to Carolina St. Louis would be closer for them to get to Carolina uh, it just I, I could see a Pittsburgh and Carolina being flip-flop but I guess if you're just sectioning off the United States into three sections, you got everything in the east, you get everything in the central, and everything in the west. Not that Tampa Bay uh, or Florida, um, you know, are central teams. I mean, Columbus uh, really isn't either. But at least they're in the northern part. I, I don't know. It just seems like weird, weird division alignments. But hey, it's 2020. Everything's weird. I get it. All right, here are your questions that I want to get to uh, that have come in. And uh, as usual, you guys come up with some really, really good questions for me. Not all of them are hockey, and that's uh, that's great. I don't mind that at all. Um, but let's start with one actually that came in shortly after I taped the previous podcast. This came in from Chris, and it's it's still relevant um, where Chris asks, so what are the sanctions against the Lightning if they are not cap compliant when rosters are due? Forfeit games, suspended players, fines, and you can't play. There are substantial fines, and you can't play. You are not compliant, and you're not able to play. The only time that this has really 
been close to an issue was New Jersey one year was up against it. We're deep in the training camp, and I think that uh, I forget the player that was involved. It was it was a, a Russian defenseman who ended up being traded right before the rosters were due to San Jose that, that was able to get New Jersey under the cap ahead of the start of the season. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's something that is relevant. Um, you know, look, Julian has been very uh, forthcoming in saying that they will be cap compliant by the due date, but it is uh, worth asking that question because it is very, very relevant. Uh, all right, from, well, this is a lot of people's handles. Um, 2020 Stanley Cup champions, uh, JSTN, S-Z-N-N. Uh, what does this mean, the circuit chef contract, mean for Sorelli and Chernak, especially Chernak? Um, it, it, it doesn't mean a ton in terms of how things are going to look. It doesn't mean, um, you know, is there only a certain amount of money available? Yeah. In some ways, whoever gets signed first might get a bigger piece of pie than maybe they would have uh, beforehand. Um, you know, but every player and every agent is looking for the best deal possible for their players. Um, you know, Lechernak, that's the thing with, with players coming out of their entry-level contracts a lot of times, and we've seen this especially with Tampa Bay, uh, especially right now with their situation They've been able to get these players, these high-profile players, if you will, coming out of their entry-level contracts to sign bridge deals. That's what Nikita Kucherov did. It's what Andre Vasilevsky did. It's what Braden Point did. It's now what Mikhail Sergachev has done. You're going to see Anthony Sorelli most likely sign a similar type deal. I don't think he's going to get as much as Sergachev. Uh, I think he his cap hit might come in. Uh, closer to a $4 million cap hit uh, based on comparables, based on what a bridge deal might look like for him. But I think you might see it structured similarly to what Sergachev has, similarly to what Braden Point's deal is, that you are able to get these players into a deal and now backload it and give them the money on the end of it to make their qualifying offer higher and then get them signed to a contract after that. So I don't think it has any great impact one way or the other on the other two restricted free agents Tampa Bay has to sign. From Kenny, obviously a Thanksgiving-themed question. Smoked, fried, or oven? Most overrated and underrated side. Uh, I can tell you my dad a couple of times did deep fry an oven, uh, a turkey, um, he put some Cajun, injected it with some Cajun seasoning. I, I'm telling you, deep fried turkey is the most moist turkey you will find. It is delicious. It is wonderful. It's a pain in the stuffing to put together. Uh, I certainly would not do it. I remember he used to do it out in the driveway of uh, the house we used to live in before uh, I, I got married and moved out. Um, so we had plenty of space to make it happen. I certainly would not do that. I certainly wouldn't tempt that. I saw a video circulating today from the Ottawa Police Department on how quickly those things can get out of control. But deep fried uh, uh, turkey is some of the best. Other than that, uh, I do prefer smoked over oven. But let's face it, oven is the easiest to prepare, right? I'm not picky. It's it's oven that we usually have around here. 
most overrated and underrated side. Um, most overrated, probably mashed potatoes and gravy because uh, it just it just seems to be um, there all the time. You know, and it and it and it, uh, it the mashed potatoes are all about the gravy. If you mess up the gravy, the mashed potatoes aren't quite as good. So uh, I would say the mashed potatoes are probably the most overrated side and underrated side. Um, green bean casserole is a popular one. Um, uh, uh, boy, kind of kind of going through my head here. What we normally have for our Thanksgiving side dishes. Um, you know what? My wife makes a, a sausage stuffing, right? So it's, it's, it's not quite regular stuffing, but there's some sausage in it and it is really, really good. The sausage gives it just the right amount of different type of flavor. So like you could eat it without putting gravy on it. That's how good it is. So maybe that's, certain special that we make here and my wife picked up the recipe from somewhere um so sausage stuffing is probably uh i'll call that an underrated one because a lot of people probably just have regular stuffing uh so i will go with that uh from lee does the timing of this signing signal that the league and the nhlpa have agreed on a start date and now we will start to see dominoes fall Trading Kalorn and Johnson and signing Chernak and Sorelli. Um, well, uh, no, I don't think it's that's not a sign. I don't think we're going to start to see dominoes fall. I think that we're just getting deep enough now into whatever this offseason looks like that you know the start's coming soon. Uh, we know that there have been a lot of daily negotiations or at least daily discussions on what's taking place to get back to the rinks. No matter what that looks like with fans in the stands, whatever it happens to be, um, but I don't think that this signing is any sort of a signal towards that. I just think it's an understanding that Julian Breezeball has a lot of work to do. He was finally able to cross one of those things off of his list, and though we don't have a finish line, quote unquote, in terms of when the season might start, you know it's there, and you know it's getting closer. You just don't quite know how far away it is at this point. Um, but I, I think as we get deeper into December, you will start to see more and more of these things come into fruition, even if we don't quite have the date yet. Um, from Raymond, does this make Sergachev easier to trade? Uh, it's always something, I guess, to consider. But, you know, if if you heard Julian Brisebois talk about Mikhail Sergachev and the t- type of defenseman he is and the type of defenseman they think he's going to be, he's not going to be traded. So this wasn't a deal to try and make him tradable. Um, that's just not going to happen. They believe too much in him. They see too much in him. You know, it, it was uh, one of the other questions I asked Julian was with how enthusiastic uh, Mikhail Sergachev was in, in his wantingness, his desire to remain in Tampa. Look, some players say it is lip service. Yeah, of course I want to stay. We like it here. You know, but there was a genuine enthusiasm with Mikhail Sergachev when he talked about his desire to stay here. He didn't care about money. He didn't. He wasn't looking to break the bank, so to speak. Like, you don't hear players talk about that too much. So there was a certain sense of enthusiasm coming from him on that front. So 
Um, no, he's not being traded. That's that's not going to happen. And, and you know, you listen to the clip that I played earlier from Julian. Their intention is is that when they get closer to the end of this deal, uh, they will find a way to try and extend him then as well. Uh, and the last one from our friend Prozemic. Uh Tell me, is my scenario un, uh, unreal or unrealistic is, I think, what he's asking. Uh, trade Tyler Johnson and Braden Coburn. Say 6.7 in cap, minus 1.9 we have over right now. At least Tampa Bay with approximately 4.8 to get um, Sorelli and Cernak. Chernak signed. He has Sorelli coming at 3.5 to 3.8 and Chernak 1 to 1.3. I would have to think that Sorelli gets closer to 4. I mentioned that. And Chernak is probably closer to 2 to 2.5. I I like your thinking there. Uh, We know Tyler Johnson's cap hit is $5 million. Braden Coburn's is around 1.7-1.8. That's where that number comes with those two uh, that's certainly a possibility. It's certainly plausible. I just think the numbers for Sorelli and Chernak are going to come in a little bit higher than you are projecting here. Um, so I, I, I don't. I, it's not an unrealistic scenario. I, I just think that there has to be one other move made to create enough space to get these other two players signed before. Um, you know, you feel really comfortable with Tampa Bay's cap situation. So, all right, that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. As always, thank you so much for everybody for participating, for the questions, for listening. Make sure you're downloaded on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Leave me a comment on iTunes. I love reading the comments on iTunes. We're going to start reading them here on the show at some point in time uh, as we look to continue to grow this. And hopefully uh, you guys are able to get some insight and some good information out of the show. Uh, I want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. Please be safe. Please be joyful. Uh, Please find some peace and some comfort uh, in whatever it is you choose to do. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast. Uh, Depending on what goes on with the lighting, it might be another week, it might be another two weeks. I don't know, but hopefully by then, whatever it is, I'll be done with all these projects. Uh, But happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll check in with you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.